Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Few images are more comforting to the Christian soul than the picture of the Good Shepherd. Some of the most well-known verses in the entire Bible come from Psalm 23, which begins with the memorable phrase, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I hear these words, I am transported back to a time when I was a young child at a funeral, sitting in a pew, wondering what had happened. I didn't quite know how to process the events. I remember there being sadness, and yet there was hope. I remember hearing someone read the 23rd Psalm, and even at a young age, those words brought me comfort, as they still do. Though we don't always understand the journey that is before us, we know that we have a good shepherd leading the way through the dark valleys. Even when we get thrown off course in the face of tragedy or if we fall into deep sin, our shepherd will patiently and lovingly bring us back home. As we enter more fully into this Easter season, we talk about what it means to be a follower of Christ and what discipleship looks like. Out of all the steps on the road of discipleship, there are two that I want to focus on this morning. One, who Jesus is as our shepherd, and two, who we are as the sheep. When we think of following Jesus, we often think of imitating his good deeds and great works. We think it would be so great if we were more like Jesus, imitating his kindness, meekness, and patience. We don't immediately think of his passion, suffering, and crucifixion, but this is all part of the cost of discipleship as well. In this morning's epistle, St. Peter tells us that following Jesus includes suffering. Not just suffering for a just and worthy cause, but he speaks of enduring suffering unjustly and turning the other cheek. Being a disciple of Jesus has many great privileges and rewards, but it can also be an arduous journey. As Christians who live on this side of the resurrection, we follow the Lamb of Revelation, who yet slain leads his sheep to the springs of living water and wipes every tear from their eye. This relationship we develop with Jesus is one of complete and utter dependence as the sheep are to their shepherd. Jesus tells us that he is not a false shepherd, he's not a rent-a-shepherd, but rather he is a good shepherd who knows his sheep and whose sheep know him. In Southern California, we don't have a great deal of interaction with animals roaming the hillside, but in, ancient, in the ancient Near East, they did. The shepherd was a well-known figure in society. And people knew good shepherds from bad ones. Jesus' hearers would have been familiar with his comparison between those who were hired to be shepherds and those whose vocation was shepherds. A good shepherd was one whose primary obligation was towards his sheep. He spent his life with the sheep, feeding them, caring for them, protecting them. Because this good shepherd 
took his livelihood from his sheep, he would do anything to ensure their well-being. He was fully invested in the life of his sheep. If a family only had a few sheep, and their neighbors had a few sheep, and they had to tend the marketplace in the village or in town, they would hire one of these hired hands or rent-a-shepherds who would come and take care of the sheep for a few hours a day. But if someone were come to attack the sheep, these rent-a-shepherds were never as good as the true shepherd. They would never think about wandering the hillside looking for that one lost sheep or wouldn't even dream of dying for this sheep that didn't belong to them. But this type of shepherd is not the one that we follow as Christians. Our shepherd has searched us out, called us by name, and in the face of danger, laid down his life for us. Because Jesus is our good shepherd, what is our role as his sheep in this journey of discipleship? In John 10, verses 14 and 15, Jesus says that he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. There is an image of mutual intimacy between the sheep and the shepherd that Jesus says is an image of the Father and the Son. So this begs the question, do we know Jesus? Does he know us? Have we experienced his leading in our life? We are not going to be very proficient Christians or effective sheep if we have no idea who the shepherd is and what he has done for us. Thankfully, Jesus has not left us all alone to figure it out by ourselves. We do not experience the Christian life as solitary individuals. We are called to be part of his body and of his one flock, where we are known. As Christians in the modern world, we have almost unlimited resources available to us. We have the Bible in our own language. We have 2,000 years of Christian wisdom and reflection. We have the church and its sacraments, which continually nourish and feed our souls. And we have each other, other Christians who are walking with us, encouraging us and challenging us to grow in the grace and knowledge of God. In last week's Gospel, we read about Jesus breathing onto the disciples, giving them the power to continue his ministry. In scripture, the breath of God refers to the Holy Spirit. It is this same breath of God that hovered over the waters in Genesis, and the Holy Spirit that overshadowed the Virgin Mary in Luke 1. When our pastors and bishops were ordained, and the breath of the Holy Spirit fell upon them. They had the empowerment to be the shepherds of Christ's flock, who continually point and prod us back on track to follow Christ, who is the true bishop and shepherd of our souls. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.